Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmadbati, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio. Now I'm truly delighted to welcome Dr. Farooq Master to the podcast today and it goes without saying that uh, Dr. Farooq Master has a wealth of experience, over 30 years of experience as far as homeopathy is concerned. He has won numerous awards around the world, is an extremely skilled homeopathic physician. And in fact, um, I share a fact with you. He was India's first MD in homeopathy and stood first class with a gold medal. And from there, the journey has truly been amazing. So without further ado, um, I welcome my guest today, Dr. Farooq Master. Thank you so much for coming on the Homeopathy Health Show. It's a pleasure to be a part of your podcast. Uh, I am suffering from severe influenza since last three, four days. So please excuse me if I speak slowly, but I didn't want to cancel today's post postcard because uh, I promised you that I'll be there. So just bear with me if I speak softly for your podcast. Uh, my birth into homeopathy was not by normal delivery. I was in uh, MBBS and then I shifted my studies to homeopathy and then I did my MD. Following my MD, I did my PhD in oncology from Bombay University and then just three years back, I did my certification in modern pharmacology from Grand Medical College, Bombay. So this is have been my metamorphosis. Uh, when I passed homeopathy in 1979, there was not much recognition of homeopathy in India. Hmm. Even though 1957 by the act of parliament government of india homeopathy got its recognition but it was always lagging behind compared to the modern medicine and my fight was that homeopathy is not only good for mothers and grandmothers and for kitchen remedies or for first aid because that was the concept most of the medical doctors or most of the people 
the general population had it. And I thought that if we can integrate homeopathy into mainstream medicine, we can show our efficacy. So there was an incidence in my life and that incidence really was a turning point in my life. So as I said, I passed in 79 and then one fine day a man comes to me. He was a Kashmiri Pandit and he comes to me and he says that I have a very bad asthma. Hmm. Dr. Master, I am tired of using inhalers and pumps and all those present medications and he says if I inhale any dust, I suffer from severe bouts of asthma so I have to wear a mask and you know it really becomes very difficult or if there is a room which was locked for many months or a cupboard which was not open and if I inhale the dust from that again I will have severe uh, asthma if there is a change of weather slightest change of weather I will have asthma so like that he kept on complaining to me and and so I said, it's very simple. You have some wonderful symptoms of the remedy Ipecac. And I think so you should take Ipecac 30. Hmm. I gave him three doses of Ipecac. I said, take one dose every day for three days and then see me after two weeks and avoid taking all those inhalers and bronchodilators and antihistaminics and all those. He religiously followed my advice and to his as well as my surprise, he had no attack. He was expecting that if he stops the inhalers, the asthma will come in a very severe form. And then he says, now what to do? I am much better. I said, then you should take Ipecac more frequently so I gave him three doses and I said take three doses again again see me after 15 days good there was no attack I said now your body has learned how to survive without inhalers and antihistaminic so better remain like that and now we'll give you something that complements the action of Ipecac. So I, I gave him something that really complemented the action of Ipecac. I think so it was Medorinum. And then for next few months of his life, there was no trace of uh, asthma. I was happy. Hmm. Good. After three months, he knocks my door again and says, I will come to see you, but not for myself, but for uh, uh, my boss. 
whose bungalow I go to do prayers because he has a temple in his house. I said, good, I'm very happy. And uh, so he said, but you'll have to come to his house because he's a very rich man and he's a very big man and you, your clinic is very simple and this and that and too much crowded. And I said, okay, no problem. So we decided that I will charge him 40 rupees for coming and visiting his house. The bungalow was very huge and posh as if like a, I'm visiting a king. Hmm. And then I said, what is your problem? He said, same. It's asthma. I said, oh God, one more asthma case in my life. <laughs> so I said, okay, let us take the symptoms. Now, as you know, in homeopathy, we always uh, take symptoms and prescribe only on the totality of the symptom and not just by the name of the disease. And I said, in what way his asthma is different than your asthma? And he said, every day the asthma comes after midnight. So that's very characteristic, whether he takes inhaler or he doesn't take any inhalers. And this asthma started after the skin disease was suppressed with some medical ointments and he has to sit erect otherwise the attacks will come but more surprising than that was the past history i said any illnesses you had in the past and he said i had nine operations i said can you please name nine operation he said cataract hmm. then he said tonsils then he said piles then he said fissures, then he said appendix, uh, then he said prostate. I said, why so many operations, sir? He said, I am a chairman of the Bombay largest hospital. And because everything is free for me and I just do what medical doctors tell me. I said, then even after so many operations and so much allopathic drugs, why they can't cure your asthma because you are already on very high dose of bronchodilators and this and that. She said, that's my sad story that now these doctors have given up on me and they are asking me to start steroids, which is a immunosuppression. And the Panditji whom you cured of his asthma told me that before you start steroids, why can't you see my simple young boy? I was a very, very young. I was hardly six months old in my practice. I gave him arsenic al 30. And I said, look, you are under very large medical team. And I cannot force you to stop all these drugs all at once, but if you can cooperate with me and allow me to taper the dose and take my medicines regularly. So in a span of 12 to 15 weeks, we could taper more than 50% of the medicine. And his health improved. In the next 
one year there was no trace of asthma and then he started asking me question what is homeopathy why do you practice homeopathy what homeopathy can do what homeopathy cannot do and i said look homeopathy is not a to z the way allopathy has its own limitation and scope we also have our limitation and scope so he said i would like to do something for you i said you have already paid my fees i don't want you to do anything for me but i i'll be very happy if you can open a department of homeopathy free of charge for poor people and i will run the department today that department is 37 years old wow and it's in the bombay hospital the chairman was very cooperative he said having fantastic results with your opd i want to offer you a nice air conditioned cabin you do your private practice there we will refer you cases that's how i started my first career subsequently i was little greedy to open more avenues not for me but for my future generation <coughs> for my students so people get recognition about homeopathy so my next target was the corporate sector here also there was a miracle i had a parsi lady who calls me for a house call and she had a very bad osteoarthritis now in osteoarthritis of the knee she was obese also and she was advised that she should undergo replacement of the knee because pain killers are not helping her so i said okay i will try but i can't promise you many things because the weight is something which needs to be understood so i started the uh, taking the history and uh, while taking the history she mentioned me that it's a shooting pain if i sit my knee becomes totally sore if somebody presses my knee or touches my knee it becomes very sore but if i walk i feel little better but sitting soreness is very very important sometimes i feel my knee is broken from within and uh, a warm covering or a warm blanket on the knee will rather increase my pain and sometimes the pain from my knee goes all the way down to the ankle i don't remember many more symptoms again this was the case just two years after joining the hospital and i gave a bryonia simple remedy bryonia in 30 potency few doses she felt much better she started walking 
of course with a stick and she could ever the knee replacement i treated her for 6 months in between she had some acute fever and all those problems which i also treated now her husband was a chairman and board of director of tata company so he said hey why don't you join our company as a company doctor i am also chairman in many other companies so i want you to go everywhere where i am chairman so this you can call it as a god's gift you can call it as a good karma whatever you may call i did that then i had a case of epilepsy so this is also something very important a man comes with a epileptic child and he says he has tried all the anti epileptic drugs and nothing is helping this child basically and he wants that if homeopathy can control the epilepsy i said we can always try now basically all the allopathic drug used to make him feel very drowsy so that was the main thing okay and then they could not stop the drug even though the child was drowsy and dull and was not good in epidemics uh, in uh, academics and so the parents had no choice but to continue allopathic drugs even though they were not very happy doing that so that was the situation now basically it all started in the childhood when the child was about 7 to 8 months old during the dentition period the child had a fever and after fever convulsion came first attack it was in the night the parents got frightened took him to hospital hospital diagnosed this as epilepsy put him on a anti epileptic drugs in bombay the scenario is like that you know one little symptom they don't mm. even wait for few weeks just put you on an epileptic drugs you know that was the that is still the scenario you can say that and any kind of fright fear used to trigger such attacks when i saw the child the child was already 12 years old so imagine from dentition period till 12 years old the how much drugging was there now the best part is that one thing was sure that the moon new moon full moon always ignited epileptic attack so i gave costicum as a remedy treated the child tapered down the allopathic drugs and then i never knew that this man because i don't ask extra things to the patient who are you and where do you come from so after the child was much better the father said that look i am on a very high post in atomic energy commission and i want you to open a department for all the research scientists in atomic energy commission we have a very large hospital but we don't have a homeopath so then 
it was the first government sector they said you don't have to come to the hospital we will refer you cases because i said look i am already busy in my practice and by that time i was extremely busy and so things happened and i joined them and then subsequently i joined many public sectors purely by showing them results momentum was created general awareness was created and then the icing on the cake was when another guy from new delhi had a very bad asthma now he had also tried many many drugs and nothing was happening to him and so i again started taking his symptom and his also thing was same that after suppression of eczema the asthma started midnight after aggravation i again started with arsenic he was much better and then he said look i am the owner of times of india bennett and colman company i want you to write articles in times of india on homeopathy i will pay you the money for every column that you write this went out for 9 10 years till i became very busy and i said sorry now i can't write many articles so through times of india i became very famous related to homeopathy government of india started making connections with me that try and help us to open more and more homeopathic department in public sectors so that people can be benefited now the only last thing was remaining all these corporates have money what about people who don't have money hmm. so i went to the municipal commissioner of bombay because they have at least 7 to 8 poor for poor patients municipal hospital and i asked him if homeopathy department can be started municipal commissioner is the biggest authority for all these hospitals he became very friendly to me when i met him he said look look i have an allergy of sneezing every day in the morning i wake up i sneeze 40 50 times then i become weak i i use three four handkerchiefs then i have to drink masala chai hmm then i feel little better then i go to my office can you stop my sneezing he said i have tried total allopathic drugs from best of the ent surgeons they have not helped me in fact i became weaker and weaker and so i stopped taking the drugs rather it was better that i suffer and i said how many times you sneeze he says 30 to 40 is minimum at a time so i gave him natramur 30 and i said look if this shows you some results you have to promise me a department 
in your any hospital i'm not going to select which one you select and that's how the king edward memorial hospital the largest uh, hospital in asia opened a department of homeopathy which i'm still running and uh, so this is how uh, my journey was along with that i was also doing teaching in homeopathic colleges so till 1984 to 1980 i was teaching in bombay college and from 85 onwards i started teaching abroad because i started receiving invitations from different parts of the world i have lectured in more than 45 to 50 countries so far slowly slowly i converted my teaching into regular classes regular syllabus regular schools which i am still carrying on and trying to the intention is same trying to integrate medicine the modern medicine with homeopathy and do what is best for the patient rather than what is best for the institution or what is best for the individual doctor so my friend this is what uh, i have been doing you know it's quite interesting as you were relaying that um and i and i didn't interject because i wanted you to obviously relay that in the best way which you've done so eloquently is how the doors opened very very early for you uh doors to promoting homeopathy more so and you know that's a that's a great blessing in itself because the first few patients certainly that came to you were so well connected and of course that's a very good thing but you know it led me to think that you mentioned a few remedies here like costicum arsenicum natmio and you've mentioned 30 but my question is what is that process of repertorization that one can be so sure with uh, nowadays even acute symptoms are so complex we can call them complex acutes and patients come presenting that say it's it's flu for example just that but there's always something else connected which is not you which you cannot connect back to flu um so what is that process that you use is that just really knowledge of materia medica or is there a certain key or a skill that says well no this is that remedy because you're so sure and the fact that it works in a 30c so the answer to this question is that ever since i was in the senior class of homeopathy we had three and a half years of study in bombay for to study homeopathy so in the last one and a half years i started traveling especially to calcutta and study under the feet of very very successful homeopaths and try to sharpen my skill how they practice hmm. how they look at the patient how they talk what remedy they give before that in bombay homeopathy was practiced in a very different way so the impression that i got as a student of homeopathy in bombay was first give allopathy 
let patient feels better and then give homeopathy and that was a very perplexing problem for me that why is this foolishness if he is going to take allopathy and feel better why should i start homeopathy afterwards so this was there even in india i won't say india i will use the word bombay you have pneumonia take antibiotics then you are better come to me you have typhoid take antibiotic then you come to me and it didn't went in my brain i wanted to search answers so not one but two but three but four i went to the four big stalwarts of homeopathy and there i saw first take homeopathy if it fails they will think of allopathy but allopathy was never used hmm so this taught me a biggest lesson that if you are not skillful in your knowledge if you are not skillful in your practice you are a very mediocre homeopath one skillful homeopath is equivalent to 1000 unskillful homeopaths and that is why i never gave up my visits to calcutta whenever i had chance you won't believe this is my 43rd year of practicing homeopathy i still visit calcutta hmm because the motivation comes from there developing skill is a very essential features now whether you develop the skill by art out art of observation whether you develop your skill by reading materia medica you develop your skill by reading old magazine old literature i learned a lot i bought all the old magazine from an antique shop i was very fortunate to get it got them bounded in a books form volumes form and made a large cupboard of library today i have got more than 2 3000 magazines bounded up all the way starting from 1810 onwards and those were the gems those homeopaths were the stalwarts so reading their case records improved my skill repertory is the last thing that i refer to much because repertory is just a dictionary it's an index it's not a complete book hmm it can help you to find out something very quickly but that may not be the right medicine so anything that comes on analysis and becomes the first remedy need not be the right remedy because what we look at is the essence of the case the man behind the disease not the disease here what has happened the trend is focus more on disease so if somebody has diabetes your remedy should be under the rubric diabetes sentence may not be always 100% true i remember i had a old lady 72 years old she had a diabetes to have diabetes at 72 years old is very unusual okay 
she lost her daughter with breast cancer in 3 months she developed diabetes now i am talking about 1986 or so something like that at that time the remedy was not mentioned in diabetes ignatia but because of the grief and trauma i gave her ignatia and the diabetes got cured now here if i was trying to search diabetes i would have landed up giving a very different remedy to the lady mm indeed the lady would not have got cured so this small small things are very important to identify exactly i had another case of a child who also had epilepsy on anti epileptic drug blah 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 the child was about 8 9 years old now this was something very unusual whenever the child will have a frightful dreams the epilepsy will come like ghosts demons spirits evil things the backyard of a church cemetery and then things will start Stramonium is a remedy which has all these fears, which has all these symptoms. Few doses of stramonium for given three six months removed the epilepsy of last so many years. So that is important. Now, had I repertorized individual rubrics and see, stramonium was coming very far away from the main remedy, and so. i would warn beginners students not to fall prey of all these repertorial techniques and different way of analysis because that is not going to improve your skill it is good for lazy people who don't want to read who don't want to study and get the ready made answers homeopathy you not be studied with a click of a mouse that you click on this icon and the remedy name pops up it's an art you have to conglomerate with a science and when art and science gets conglomerated you come very close to hanemanian homeopathy you mentioned something very interesting about observation so for those perhaps starting out the students and and there are many many students homeopathy is very much on the up especially post pandemic more and more people are looking towards alternative therapies or modalities and they're very interested and and you know, i speak to people as you can imagine all over the world just like yourself and homeopathy is now it seems to be a very uh A, a very important time for homeopathy because more and more people are turning their attention towards homeopathy they're more interested to know whether they use it or not that's that's separate matter but the fact that they're willing to acknowledge homeopathy they're willing to understand it at least how does it work why does it work and what would your advice be to those many many young students who are starting out about observation 
because the key here is very much observation. Sometimes <clears throat> somebody can walk in the door and you know immediately it's an Ignatius state or a pulsatile or, or, or whatever it is. And sometimes you know it's a cal carb. Or, but sometimes you may think you know that that's a remedy, but during the consultation process and through observation, it changes. And one says, oh, it's it's actually not that. It's something else because of the conversation and observation. Okay. So, see, art of observation is a double-edged weapon. Art of observation has to be combined with your skill of knowledge of Materia Medica. You cannot just use art of observation just because an offensive odor is coming from the man's body. You will see, oh, he is sulfur because he has not taken a shower for the last so many days and his body is stinking. Hmm. But if you look in the repertory, there are 50 remedies. Why sulphur? But if that man hairs are not combed very well, if he has worn a shirt which is full of wrinkles, if he is stoop-shouldered, if he talks philosophical, these are observations. Then sulfur is the remedy. See? So not only on one point, on multiple points. Or let's say people love social media. Now there are people who want to put everything on social media. Today my child went to the school, first day, put a photograph, click. Today my child ate ice cream for the first time, click. Today I met the school teacher of Montessori group, click. This is all done by Pulsatila, mother, who wants attention. But I can't give Pulsatila on that. So when that mother comes to me, I will look at the color of the eyes. What is the color of the eyes? I will look at the color of the hair. I will like to look at the body structure of that woman. I would like to talk with that woman and judge her sensitivity. Based on this information, if anything goes against Pulsatila, I will never give Pulsatila. So, art of observation is something with one point is very risky. Now, Kent in his later days could prescribe remedies, but just by looking at the person. He mentions this in a case of capsicum where a person had a very bad cough and he entered the room and the whole room was stinking very offensive and he gave capsicum and a patient got cured. Those are rare cases. You don't see them on a regular basis. Intelligently, if you want to use art of observation, is combine many more points in your observation and try to see whether it focuses on the main crusk of the 
remedy or the genius of the remedy. If the genius of the remedy is very well focused along with your observation, you are on the right track, the patient will get cured. You mentioned something very beautiful earlier on, which is uh, homeopathy is an art. And certainly when I when I um, speak to my guests on the, on the podcast, we talk about this often that it is an art and every artist is very skilled and they can shape their own means and forms of homeopathy and what, you know, what they, what in particular, what way they want to move ahead. But the blessing of homeopathy as an art is very much that you can indeed paint your own picture or portrait, should I say, but the tools are the same. You have to have the paintbrushes and you have to have the colors. Uh, and, and what the outcome is, that's, of course, is very individualized. And uh, I think with what you've mentioned about material medical knowledge, uh, repertorization, you know, the, the perhaps the, the positives and negatives here, and observation are the basic tools and the understanding. And of course, with that comes the, the, the need and the want to be able to help somebody, to have that compassion to help. That has to be there because otherwise it's all meaningless, isn't it? Because it's not it, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, but uh, those would be the, the the basic tools for for any homeopath. So thank you very much for for that advice, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be very um, very well received. Uh, certainly. Now, uh, Doctor Farouk Master, nowadays we find that autoimmune diseases seem to be more prevalent. But then on the other side, I'm thinking whether they always have been there and they just were not diagnosed correctly, perhaps. What's your understanding? Because patients now come with so many complexities. We all have our own psyches. We can all deal with emotions in different ways. Some of us can manage, but for only so long, some of us cannot manage. And disease comes with the emotional baggage, it comes with physical complaints, the trials and tribulations of life in generally. What's your take on autoimmune diseases? Is it really chemical-based, genetic-based, or is there a light switch that turns this these diseases on? It's, it's a trigger. We're just waiting for a trigger, and it's like, there you go. Okay. So biggest cause of autoimmune disease today is trying to suppress simple illnesses like common cold, <clears throat> viral infections, simple bacterial infections. Hmm. When you heavily treat them in an unnatural way using steroids and allopathic drugs, you suppress your immune system. And if you do this over a period of months and years together your body functions at a very lower level of immunity. I do agree with you that every one of us has some sad stories in their life, sad events in their life, frustrations in their life. They can be a trigger mechanism but they can only harm you if your basic soil is unhealthy. Second comes vaccination. 
you have witnessed COVID vaccination, COVID booster dose, how it has severely damaged people. So antibiotics, immunosuppressions and vaccination. This was not there 50 years back. 50, 60 years back, there were hardly any antibiotics. So you did not hear of autoimmune. We are inviting autoimmune in our society today by taking a wrong path. People just don't want to suffer with symptoms. Two nights you don't get sleep, you go to your GP, he will write a sleeping tablet for you. Why? Try to find out the cause why you are not sleeping. Solve the problem. We don't do that. And that is why there is a big sharp rise. And then what happens? The moment you are diagnosed with autoimmune disease, you again take more immunosuppressions. And that becomes a vicious cycle. I see so many autoimmune diseases. In fact, two months back I was in Munich, Germany to talk on autoimmune disease. And I demonstrated so many cases which were wonderfully cured, tapering all the immunosuppression. Of course, it's time consuming. You cannot do it overnight. Hmm. It may take one or two or three years. But there is a sure short answer in homeopathy. And you can boost up the immune system and bring it back to normal, to its original state. But you have to be ready for that process. Because when you taper immunosuppression, there are chances symptoms will flare up. And during that flare up, you should have that skill to manage that flare up with homeopathy. Otherwise, again, giving immunosuppression for flare up, you come back to square one. So this is the whole gamut of high skill, good experience in homeopathy. But this is the only right way. In allopathy, everything is a diagnosis. You have cancer, take chemotherapy. You have epilepsy, take anti-epileptic. You have asthma, take antihistamine. Correct? Nature doesn't work like that, my friend. Because asthma is not a local disease. Epilepsy is not a local disease. Cancer is not a local disease. All these diseases are generalized where every organ, every system of your body gets involved in producing the illness. So how can an antihistaminic cure asthma? It can never. Do you follow? Hmm. So in homeopathy, we have a holistic concept. We never say he has a liver disease. That is why he is sick. We will say he is sick. That is why his liver is sick. Now why he is sick? We have to examine his neuroendocrine system, mind, emotion, sleep, dream, 
appetite, desire, aversion, sexual life, frustration, all these. And then find a holistic answer. Once you find out a holistic answer, the cure will not be far. But the approach should never to treat anything locally in human body. Even if it's an acne, even if it's a simple tonsillitis. You know, I have to say, it's so wonderful to hear you speak because there's so much knowledge there. And I think we must recognize that. And in fact, I, I would share gratitude, you know, for for your achievements, which are which are exemplary. And I tell you something also, uh, Dr. Farouk, is that they inspire others. So who knows how many people just tuning into this show will think, oh, I want to do this. I want to do homeopathy because I want to serve humanity and I want to help people. And the knowledge that you have, and I know that you share this because you travel around the world and there's so many lectures being done and seminars and, and events generally uh, are so, so important. So may God bless you with a very long, long life, you know, when you continue to help humanity and make a real difference, which you, which you already are. Thank you so much. And um, it's been really, really great. A great honor to have you on the Homeopathy Health Show. And uh, I do hope that uh, in the new year, you will come back and we can talk about um, your special fields of interest, actually. Okay, uh, sure, sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you bye. so much, uh, Dr. Farouk. Bye-bye. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab. Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.